Welcome to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Carrie Holton, and I'm joined by my co-host, the resourceful Becky Holton. Resourceful. That's a new one. Where did that come from? You are resourceful. <laughs> yeah. It has to do probably with all those leftovers that we sometimes have for dinner, huh? <laughs> it's pretty resourceful. <laughs> How you doing these days? I'm good. You still look like you're going to land an airplane over there in that headset, but I'm working my way through it and trying like an, not to laugh. <laughs> I feel like an air traffic controller over here <laughs> yeah. with this headset on. Yeah, we'll get that snack tray in its upright position and we'll move on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Tell us what we're going to talk about today. Well, I, w- I want to welcome everyone too. We are really enjoying this new series of podcasts that we are starting in putting together. And in this series, we are really pleading with church leaders to answer three key questions. And those questions are, why in the world do we exist? Which is identifying a mission. The second question is, where are we going? Which is focusing attention on a vision. And then the last question that's very key is, how are we going to get there? And those are strategies for accomplishing the vision. Yes, three key questions Mm -hmm. that church leaders need to answer. However, before we begin a discussion of the plan, the strategy, or the series of action steps that we must take to accomplish with the Lord's help, I think we need to talk about something else first. You know, I I am eager to get to the vision that we have identified for the church or Mm -hmm. for our particular ministry or leadership team. I, I think that's important, but... I think we should first talk about the importance, even the legitimacy, of planning for the future. Okay. And uh, to start things off, I took this little comparison graphic down from my bulletin board in my office, and I thought it was pretty good. I don't know where I found it. It's uh, a comparison of successful people versus unsuccessful people. And see if a lot of this doesn't make good sense. Okay. Successful people read every day. Unsuccessful people watch TV every day. Successful people compliment. Unsuccessful people criticize. Successful people embrace change. And unsuccessful people fear change. Successful people forgive others. Unsuccessful people hold a grudge. Successful people talk about ideas. Unsuccessful people talk about people. Successful people continuously learn, and unsuccessful people think they know it all. Successful people accept responsibility for their failures. Unsuccessful people blame others for their failures. Successful people have a sense of gratitude. Unsuccessful people have a sense of entitlement. And finally, successful people set goals and develop plans, and unsuccessful people never set goals. And of course, it's that last item that really cues into what we're talking about today and the legitimacy of making plans. It's it's just true, I think, that successful people, productive people, make plans, set plans. They set goals and they make plans to accomplish those goals. I really like that graphic that you shared with us. It's very good, and especially how it aligns the developing of plans with success which I believe we can bring into the church as well. Um, And so let's 
start by addressing the why of plans and talk about why in the world should we give attention to planning? Is it even legitimate for those who believe they are God-directed to make plans for the future? I think that's an important question for disciples to talk about. I think it's a good question. We've talked recently about the need to set some goals and paint a picture of a desired future. And this was the focus of the last podcast on vision. But, you know, it's very easy for goals just to become daydreams. In order to make a goal operational, we need a plan or a way to accomplish the goal. So we could say that if goals are desired, plans are necessary to reach those goals. Right. And really, it's not a question of whether or not we will plan, because when you think about it, to make no plan is actually a plan in and of itself. I think our question is really a question of whether or not we will affect the future with a purpose, or if we will just kind of be hit and miss and at random. That's a good comment. I do believe, too, that we have a responsibility to decide what God wants us to be and what he wants us to do, and therefore we have an obligation. We have a responsibility to plan. Yes, but you know, honey, in our experience, we found that some church leaders are very hesitant to plan for the future. What is your opinion about why that hesitation exists with so many leaders? I think that's a very good question, and you are right. Uh, some church leaders seem hesitant to plan for the future. I think, I think, well, there may be several reasons why that is so. One is uh, some church leaders are just fearful of change, and to make plans is to encourage change. I think also another reason is uh, uncertainty about the future. Uh, People are slow to plan because they're not sure what is going to happen tomorrow, and so they think, well, what's the use of making plans? I think another reason may be just a lack of imagination. Uh, and And then finally, just not knowing how to draw up plans. Maybe that's one reason is people don't know how to make plans and don't know how to measure them. And so they just fail to do it. We want to pause for a minute and say a word about our effective church leaders workshops. You know, recently I was talking to a ministry leader who had encountered a difficult problem So in consultation with her church leaders um, and asking for their counsel, they, they really provided an ineffective solution for the problem, and uh, this ministry leader was pretty discouraged. And as I've reflected on that conversation, I, I think a lot of church leaders are thrust into positions of leadership for which they've had little or no training for that really important role. And it's challenging for them to know how to respond to these complex leadership problems and come up with effective solutions. Um, But on top of that, they're really leaders who want to help their churches thrive, and they really want to help their members grow spiritually. And in their hearts, they often feel at loss and very unsure what to do. We have designed the Effective Church Leaders Workshop with all of this in mind. And we would like to invite you to go to our website and start an inquiry about how your church could host an effective church leaders workshop. You know, that those are really good reasons. And I think there's another reason that, in my opinion, is a really big 
fear of that's really big is a fear of failure. Um, a, A lot of people really feel failure, which can be paralyzing. And somehow we feel that if we've made a statement about something that we plan to do, or we plan to accomplish, if we've gone public with it, if we don't do it or don't accomplish it, then we have failed. And that that has kind of a trickle down effect because past failures can hurt future motivation. And sometimes when there's been some failures, it's really hard to get people on board again with planning and future plans. But of course, the greater failure when you stop and think about it is never to try. Yes, absolutely. I think that is one of the big reasons why people fail to plan. And, and I think you're exactly right. The greater failure is never trying. You know, Let's talk about another reason, though, that I've heard. Uh, I think another reason some are hesitant to make plans is that they feel that to do so is God's work, especially the Holy Spirit's work. Yes. And so they don't make plans because they feel that that is not their department. I've heard some church leaders say that we only need to let the Spirit lead and then follow his leading, and so there's no sense in making plans. Uh, You know, some may fear that making any statement about the future is presumptuous. And they may even point to a passage in the Bible. I've heard this done before. James chapter 4. You mind if I read it for us? No, I've heard that as well. I think that's well-timed to read those verses. Okay. Well, here in James 4 and beginning in verse 13, here's what the author James says. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there doing business and making money, yet you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil, James writes. You know, at first blush, that scripture may seem to discourage planning. It sounds that way just a little bit. But I prefer to think that James is discouraging the making of plans without taking God into consideration. I think James would have us pursue our plans, but always with the understanding that we will carry them out if God wills. And maybe right here we can say that when we are talking about making plans, either in this podcast or in one of our Effective Church Leader workshops, that people can assume that we are including God. Uh, God being a part of the plans, that we are approaching God, including God, talking to God, and taking God into all of the plans that we're making, that those, when we use the term plans, we are not um, making that something that's excluding God at all. And we would ask people to know that's an assumption um, when we talk about plans. Absolutely. We always want to take God into consideration. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I've heard someone imply, too, that the early Christians didn't make any plans, but that they just followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I want us to think about that for just a moment. Uh, From my study of the scriptures, I don't think that's true. Mm. Uh, The apostle Paul certainly seems to have been someone who didn't just take what life had to give him, but planned for the spread of Christianity, as is evidenced by his missionary tours. Right. Now, to be sure, he was open to the Spirit's leading, But that did not keep him from making plans. And again, I want to turn to another passage of Scripture, if you don't mind. In Acts chapter 16, and beginning in verse 6, Paul is in his second missionary tour. 
And listen to Luke's chronicle of this event, beginning in verse 6. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mycenae, they went down to Troas. And that's, of course, where Paul uh, received the vision of the man of Macedonia who pled with him, come over and help us. And then Paul saw that as God calling him to go over to Macedonia, which he did. In verse 11, we set sail from Troas, took a straight course to Samothrace the following day to Neapolis and so forth. By the way, are you impressed that I could read all those place names? I am. You didn't stumble at all. I probably didn't say them right. <laughs> but <laughs> they anyway. sounded good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope our listeners can hear in that passage that Paul and, and his uh, uh, missionary team were open to the Spirit's leading. Yes. But they also made plans. They went here. They went there. They decided to go here and there uh, until the Spirit uh, somehow convinced them that they were not to go there. And then when they uh, felt that they were doing God's will, they went to a certain place. So I, I think it's folly to say that the early Christians did not make plans. Oh, yes, they listened to the Spirit, but they also made their plans. And I, I'd like to refer to another scripture. I won't read this one. Romans chapter 15, where Paul is talking about what he wants to do in the future. He says, I want to come to see you in Rome, and then I'd like for you to help me go to Spain. Hmm. Uh, but he says, I'm not going to do any of that until I go to Jerusalem because I've been traveling through these regions raising money for the poor in Jerusalem. And so you hear even there in Romans chapter 15, the Apostle Paul, he made plans to do what God wanted him to do. Right. And, and it's so important for us as disciples of Jesus and people that are leaders and helping churches and committees and ministries grow, we must be listening for the Holy Spirit's leading. But I do want to issue one word of caution about that. And that is, um, we really need to check our motivations when we are saying that we are listening for the Holy Spirit, or we are listening for the whole listening for his leading. Because it is possible for a leader to say, well, we believe the Holy Spirit is leading us in one direction and use that statement as actually a way to put a halo on personal preferences. So really checking our own individual motivations when we say that is important. We do need to listen for the Holy Spirit's leading. That has to be part of our leadership. But let's check our motivation and make sure that we're not using that to justify something that we want. That's a good comment. It's a good comment, I think. Um, again, we could just think about some of the other great characters of the Bible who lived with intentionality. Of course, Jesus is one of the great examples here someone who lived with intentionality. And sometimes their plans were frustrated or changed, but they did not live as if fate were in the driver's seat. They made their plans, and then they looked to God to bless those plans. I think that what we're trying to say is that we should be open to God's direction. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we should also see that there is value in setting goals, making plans to accomplish those goals to the glory of God. And, and about that, about the glory of God, and you know, honey, doesn't God deserve our very best to glorify him? 
I'm, I'm thinking back about the parable of the talents. The master of those servants expected them to do something with the sum of money they each had been given. In other words, the master expected them to make some plans regarding how they would best use the money their master had loaned them. Good. I think that's a great note to close on, is that uh, making plans is just one way of giving God our best. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you saying that. All right, let's land this plane, shall we? All right, snack trays up. (laughs) In our next conversation, we want to talk about that third very important question for church leaders. Once we have identified our mission, once we have identified a five-year vision for the future, how do we get there? We want to talk about that. Good. I'll be looking forward to that. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And thanks, as always, for listening to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. 